Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Mayock and, and Gruden have done a, done a really good job of you know, collective, collecting the talent that they that they want to run the things that they're running. And um, well, that's, they showed up last year, but it's, you know, you can see there's, there's been a big jump this year as well. So, um, you know, good opportunity for us here, good test. Um, be a big challenge for us to, you know, compete with these guys, but we're, you know, getting ready for it, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, there's a point where every item in a person's wardrobe must be retired. And uh, here's the, the tweet of the week of what 2020 has done to us from February to September. But I, I, when I saw the images yesterday initially of Bill Belichick in that old ratty sweatshirt where he had deliberately cut the sleeves off, but the passage of time and or the infiltration of moths had riddled it with holes, yeah. I thought it was a joke. I didn't know what it was, but I... I just I I I don't know and and I assume that that there's no message being sent here that that's just what happened to be within arm's reach when he rolled out of bed or rolled off of his cot at the office cuz I my guess is he probably sleeps at the facility a couple of times a week Chris but man uh and you know the good news is he shaved I mean the hair's not combed the old ratty sweatshirts on, but at least he shaved. So I, at least we got that going for us. I mean, really, if you if you told me he was like messing with the world and being like, "Hey, how do you think I could go? How, how crazy can I dress?" and them still not say anything to me or ask me about it. I mean, come on, all the apparel he's got available to him, he wore that shirt. I mean, it, it's got to be moths, right? I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. And yes, he probably has slept there. You know, New England is the type of place where they play Sunday night football. They probably got back to New England at, you know, five in the morning, something like that, six in the morning. And the Patriots are the type of staff that they go right to the office and they go through the whole day. They got to sleep on the plane ride home. That's it. So let's start work. So I'm sure he's a little more tired than usual this week and probably has been sleeping at the office. Don't people realize that there is a huge benefit to getting sleep, that it allows you to be far more effective and productive and that it isn't some weird badge of honor to say I only slept two hours. If you've only slept two hours, I don't trust you to do anything. The human body needs its rest. And and I I can't tell from that picture whether or not he's not rested or whether or not he just doesn't give a crap. I think there is a chance he slept at work. Definitely. And he rolled out of bed and he said, I got to go do this damn press conference. And, uh, you know, uh, in the old days, they weren't, uh, well, they were videotaped because they had cameras in the rooms, but he was in the rooms with reporters. See, that's the thing. You can now do these things in the comfort of wherever you are, but the problem is it's always on camera. Right. So I'm going to find for tomorrow. You're not going to be here. So uh, I, I, I'm tempted to find 
the just the rattiest, crappiest shirt that I can find and wear it on the show. But you don't even have like there. I I would be shocked if anybody would even have a shirt that ratty and crappy. Really, I mean, you have to work hard to have a cra- like a you you have to have like not cleaned out your closet in thirty years. I know that that thing. Look, it said nineteen sixty on it. Maybe it was from nineteen sixty. I don't know what that, that's amazing, especially a head coach in football. There, the amount of clothes and gear you're given, Nike, it's everywhere. It's every you can't even you can't even wear it. They have so much stuff. You could wear a new thing every day, and you can you could barely do it the whole year. I mean, you could do it the whole year. It's just it's amazing that that's what he chose to wear to wear. All right, I've got an hour between the time our show ends and we do our Mega Picks podcast. My challenge is going to be to find the dirtiest, rattiest, most awful item of clothing in the house and wear it for the. The PFTPM Chris Sims Unbutton Megapix. I love that. So I'll see. Great. I'll see if I have enough time to actually find something that bad or close to it. All right. Let's get you ready for week three. What's more likely style? And let's begin with the New England Patriots. And hopefully Bill Belichick won't be wearing that sweatshirt on the sidelines. Or maybe hopefully he will. Raiders take on the Patriots in New England. Julian Edelman reaches his career high of 179 receiving yards, which was set last week against the Seahawks, or Darren Waller matches his career high of 16 targets, which was set last week. What's more likely? Ooh, I think if you're making me pick one of those right there, I'm going to go with the Darren Darren Waller thing. Uh, I am. you know, And again, I I wouldn't be shocked if Julian Edelman got 100 yards and, and got around there again. But you know, when you start to get to 180 for a guy like Julian Edelman, I don't think that's really his type of game. You know, all those deep passes, it was awesome. I mean, man, is he tough. Uh, and, you know, Cam Newton was on fire. But Darren Waller is like the go-to guy in the pass game for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And you could see last week he's special. Now, it'll be fun to watch. This game, I think, could be a lot of fun. I do. You know, I, I'm certainly leaning towards the Patriots, but I'll say I'm, I'm a little concerned with them. The Patriots' front seven, not real big, and it's kind of slow. And this Raiders O-line is one of the best in football and can dominate. So that's where I think the game gets tipped a little bit more even than maybe we would even think. But I'm going Darren Waller. What do you think? Yeah, this one's easy. It's Darren Waller. I mean, how long has Julian Edelman been playing and he just reached right. that career high of 179 right. last week? Chances of him duplicating it back-to-back weeks, fairly slim. Darren Waller, the guy that has become Derek Carr's security blanket for good reason, he can catch the ball. Throw it to him, let him catch it, let him move the chains. And Bill Belichick talked yesterday about what a matchup problem Darren Waller is. Now, He didn't practice yesterday, and this is one of those weird, they didn't practice because they played Monday night, but they have to issue a report. So if they had practiced on Wednesday, Darren Waller wouldn't have practiced. We'll see on Thursday whether or not he actually practices, but but he's got some sort of an injury that caused him to land on the report, so that's something to keep an eye on for this week. All right, Rams and Bills, a couple of 2-0 teams. What's more likely, Josh Allen throws for 300 yards or the Rams rush for 175, Chris? Wow. Well, I can't say that I, I, I sitting here right now, I can't imagine the Rams and McVay running for 175 or more on a Sean McDermott Buffalo Bills defense. I would be, I think, shocked by that. Uh, and I, I got respect for this Rams defense too, but I just feel like with Josh Allen, the way he's playing, the way Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, is calling plays right now, which is like attack. We're not looking for three-yard gains. We're looking for 30-yard gains every play. And that, and then the receivers they have around him. I think I, I feel like it's more likely that Allen throws for 300 yards rather than the Rams rushing for 175. Yeah, here's the thing, and and just by way of background, Josh Allen had never thrown for 300 yards. He's done it in both of the first two games of the season, and the Rams' running game is averaging 172 yards per contest. The problem is. Malcolm Brown's got a broken finger. Now they expect him to play with a broken finger. Had surgery on it Monday. Cam Akers has that separated rib cartilage issue. Neither Brown nor Akers practiced on Wednesday. It falls to Daryl Henderson at that point. So they may not have their full complement of running backs to get to 175, uh, which, you know, hey, maybe Henderson could be. That's the thing. When you've got multiple guys, if it gets down to one guy, maybe one guy has a huge day. But I'm more confident in Josh Allen getting 300 yards again. I it, look, he's he's on the front end of a special season, and uh, they're going to dial it up, and they're going to throw the ball, and I know he's got to deal with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but that's just two out of 11. There's nine other guys that are going to have to figure out how to slow down that Bills offense, That's and I'm right. not sure they can slow it down to the point 
where they can keep Josh Allen under 300, Chris. Yeah, no, I I mean, from what we've seen to this point so far, it, it's been one of the more fun teams to watch in all of football. And just Josh Allen, they've they've entrusted him with the, the keys to the franchise. You know, throwing the ball backed up on the one-yard line last week, throwing the ball, you know, when you're supposed to be running the clock out and, like, you think, oh, it's McDermott, they'll run the clock out, punt, and try to win the game with the defense. Nope, attack mode. I mean, Diggs has been phenomenal. That look, that's looking like the move of the offseason right now for any team. Uh, I mean, that, that's been special. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm having fun watching it. And this is going to be a great game. This is one of the under-the-radar really great matchups of the weekend. Yeah, given what Stephon Diggs has brought to the Buffalo offense and what he's taken away from the Minnesota offense, what a swing. Right. Bills 2-0, Vikings 0-2. The Texans are 0-2. They get to go to Pittsburgh where the Steelers are 2-0. Deshaun Watson with two or more touchdown passes or T.J. Watt with two or more sacks. What's more likely? I'm going T.J. Watt. I mean, you know, I could see both happening, certainly. I mean, it's, but but if you're going to make me pick one or the other, I'm going with T.J. Watt. You know, first off, the Texans' offense is spotty right now. This is a very good Steelers defense, as we know. And we've seen protection issues a little bit with Houston once again. I did not think they would be, you know, coming about here. I thought they had some of these things figured out, but it's two weeks in a row. He's got people around him. It's still a work in progress, obviously, up front, and then this is a great pass rush. I mean, Dupree has been awesome. Watt has been awesome. I mean, they really are. I don't know. Is there a better pass rushing duo than those two out there right now? If there is, I don't know who it is, but uh, I'm going Watt two plus sacks. Well, and Dupree took over the first game of the season. Watts taking over know, the second game right? of the season. And and here's the thing. If the Steelers build a lead, it's conducive to more pass rush. I want to see the Steelers do a better job of holding the lead, though. I was I was dismayed by the Agreed. way the Steelers let the Broncos back into the game last week. And that, that came down to the wire a hell of a lot more uh, seriously for the Steelers than it should have. They could have lost that game, and they could have lost to the Giants. They could be 0-2. Now, um, you know, hey, their defense ultimately made the plays when they had to, and that's the key. If you can trust your defense to step up with the Bud Dupree hit on Daniel Jones when the Giants are about to take the lead late in the third quarter after right. a long drive that, that, that wore out the defense, and when Terrell Edmonds can be trusted to bust through and sack Jeff Driscoll to, to disrupt a play that, that could have ended in a touchdown that would have given the Broncos the win, then then you, you know that those close games are going to go your way. So I got much more faith in the Steelers' defense and in T.J. Watt. He's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's He's uh, got two and a half sacks all from last week, tied for the NFL lead this season, and Watson has already been sacked eight times this year. Cowboys and Seahawks get together. What's more likely, Russell Wilson's MVP odds improve after this game or – Dak Prescott's MVP odds improve. As of right now, Wilson is the favorite. He has jumped to the top of the stack at 3-1. to one. Patrick Mahomes, 5-1, to one, along with Lamar Jackson. There's O. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, oh, Kyler Murray creeping up. He I don't is know that work for him this year. That's That was the one bet because the odds were like 20, 25-1. to one. That was the one I really liked. But I'll tell you what, he's going to have to out-duel Russell Wilson twice to knock him out of that perch. And even then, you got to deal with Mahomes and Jackson and Rodgers. But Prescott's there at 20 to 1. What's, what's more likely? Wilson's go uh, lower or higher? What is it? They go lower, right? The odds go lower. Your odds improve right. based upon this week. Who's going to be in better position, according to the odds makers, to win MVP after this? <laughs> Good job. Better. Good word. I like that. Um, Man. This is a tough one. I, I I really think we could see a track meet in this football game. I would not be shocked. I mean, you got weapons galore. You got two quarterbacks who can throw the ball down the field and are aggressive. And then you got two defenses that, you know, the Cowboys don't have any playmakers. And you've seen people kind of move the ball on them through the first two weeks. And the Seahawks have some playmakers, but they play like, you know, their hair's on fire. They, they, they're coming after you. They're going to give you chances. You know, that's why we're liking Seattle right now. It's like they're going to make a play or you're going to go down and score and they're going to get the ball back and Russell can, you know, cook it up. I guess I am going to go here. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. I am. I could see him improving. The, the, and this is why. 
not anything to do with the player, more to do with the systems they're playing against. Dallas has been very conservative on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of like just basic zone coverages. We're not going to let up a big play. They actually played pretty good defense last week. I mean, the Falcons had five short fields, five short fields with all that talent they got on their team, and they came away with two touchdowns and three field goals. That was a win for the Cowboys. And it's because Mike Nolan's got them doing basic stuff. I think Seattle will lend itself to like, all right, we can't sit back here anymore. We're sending Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner, and we're going to give you a chance to make a play. And I just think that's going to lead to maybe some big-time Prescott numbers. Not necessarily saying it's going to win, but I think it's going to have big-time numbers. The uh, over-under for that game is 56. And I'm still a little gun-shy because I was convinced that Texans Chiefs would sail over 54, and it landed right on 54 two weeks ago. But 56 seems a little low for this game. I think so. Because both offenses are extremely potent and both defenses have real question marks. How about this? And let's put that graphic back up on the screen, please. Given the current odds, who's your best bet? Who's the guy that you would put, Chris, some of your discretionary income, the income you use for certain products that you may ingest on a Thursday night? <laughs> who's the guy that you would put your money on? Um, I, I, I still have a hard time... Mm. I mean, to me, it's still the top, the guys at the t the top two right there. I mean, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that because Lamar's sitting there, and you know my man Aaron Rodgers. But Wilson, the way he looks, Mahomes. The problem with Mahomes is even when it's a crappy game, it's 315 yards and two of the most unbelievable plays you've ever seen in your life. That's what's amazing. I mean, that that's where you just go, holy crap. Yeah, the Chargers bottled up Mahomes all the way to the point where he made plays galore to carry them to win the game, right? I mean, that's where I just – I'm amazed by both of those guys. Um, so I, I'm going with those two, and I'm still going to go with Mahomes. I think he's still the guy that I, I would pin my uh, name to. I, I, I want something that's going to pay off. Now, before I get to the real payoff, I think Aaron Rodgers – Eight to one is going to shrink after Sunday night against the Saints because we're going to get to see him on national TV. But the last two, how how could you overlook the possibility of thirty to one odds for your boy Blue, what? Josh Allen? You just asked me which one, one I felt best about. If I wanted the best but bargain deal, you're right. Maybe I would try to do that. That's Josh the Allen. point. The okay. best bet with factoring the money in. Do you not listen? No, I got you, you so just said which one do you like the most. That's no, it. I told you the I one did. I like the most. <laughs> we can play it. We can play it back. Uh, obviously, you're going to like the ones that are the lowest odds. But from the standpoint of of the potential return on your investment, thirty to one for Cam Newton and Josh Allen. Yeah, that's insane. The two at thirty to one right now, which one would you would you put your money on? Oh, I think I'd put Josh on Josh Allen right now with the way that offense looks and those weapons he has, and I think he's just determined. And that's not easy to say because Cam Newton's the same way, but I just think the weapons around Allen are a little bit better. All right, Sunday Night Football, Packers and the Saints, as mentioned. What's more likely, Packers running back Aaron Jones is the game's leading rusher or Saints running back Alvin Kamara emerges as the top receiver? Ooh, um, I think I'm going to still go with Aaron Jones as the game's top rusher. You know, Alvin Kamara, again, we know there's going to be no Michael Thomas. You're right, there's a chance he can have a lot of yards and receptions here. Uh, but I think also with the way Green Bay is kind of attacking down the field, and I know Devontae Adams, we're going to see where he is at right now. He's questionable for the game. But still, like, Valdez Scantling has been around 90-something yards, 100 yards both games. You know, and the way they're throwing the ball off of play action, being aggressive, I would just think that somebody on the Packers, too, is going to have 100 yards or be in that 90 range. And I'm not so sure I feel like Kamara is definitely going to get there. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones, game's top rusher. Tough to be a top 10 receiver if you're not available for the games, Chris. I mean, I and I say that facetiously in part because of your omission of Devontae Adams right. from the top 10 receivers list. But last year he had that injury, suffered week four against the Eagles, and it knocked him out for a while. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to be on the field. You've got to be racking up the numbers. If you're not racking up the numbers and creating the highlights, someone else is, and you get quickly forgotten. So they need him on Sunday night for the offense to be everything it is. But I agree with you. I think that – that Aaron Jones will be the game's top rusher because they, they will have that focus. He had 168 rushing yards last week and 68 receiving yards to go with it. He had an incredible performance. He's got the hot hand right now. He's chasing that contract 
Let him chase it. Yeah. Let him run the ball and and let him be that compliment to Aaron Rodgers. All right, Monday Night Football. Huge early season game. 2-0 Chiefs against the 2-0 Ravens. The Ravens trying to avenge one of their losses from last year and get to 15 straight regular season victories. Incredible performance by the Ravens in the regular season. Um, what's more likely? This will be the highest scoring game of the week or it's lower scoring than we expected? Ooh, I... <sighs> I really could 53 see 53 and a half is yeah, the over under 53, 53 and, and a half. half. I mean, I could see this going either way. I really can. I could, you know, again, I could see Baltimore going down the first drive of the game, scoring a touchdown. And now Mahomes and Kansas city feel like, all right, well, I guess we, we can't ease into this game. We got to attack and come right back. And all of a sudden we're in a shootout. I can just as easily though, just see like Steve Spagnolo and wink Martindale having really good creative schemes and like a game plan to where both teams are a little bit early on, like, whoa, wait, nobody's done this to us before. Hold on. How are we going to attack? How are we going to work from here? <sighs> I, I I think when it's all said and done, though, I, I'm going to go that it's – I'm going to go lower scoring than we expected because when we talk about the highest scoring game of the week, I still think Seattle and Dallas would lead that charge in my mind. And I don't know. I just feel like we're expecting so many points with these quarterbacks and everything like this. And there's a little familiarity with these two teams because they played each other a few times the last few years. I have a feeling that the defenses are going to step up and bring something new to the table. 51 points scored uh, between the two teams in 2018 when the Ravens and Chiefs played. It was 61 last year, that Yikes. overtime contest, the Chiefs winning 33 to 28 how is that no overtime was a year before last year was 33 to 28 in in regulation you're not going to have a five-point margin right. that's the crazy thing with these two teams overtime. though right like you, you you sit there and you go you know oh it, they're, they're, the offenses are kind of stalling out and then it gets to the important part of the game and it's like seven minutes left and they can both score three touchdowns in the last seven minutes where you go this game was 17 all and now it's going to end at 38-35 or something crazy like that. It, it, that's where they're, they're insane, both of these quarterbacks and offenses. But the Chiefs' offense continues to have that element of sluggishness that yes. will emerge for extended stretches of a game. Remember the Raiders game last year early in the season? They scored 28. They scored all 28 in, in one quarter. The second quarter, quarter they right. scored zero in the other three. Right. And, and they, they were up, up last week against the Chargers. You talked about the, the pass rush. I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes was constantly harassed, and I think the Ravens are capable of doing that too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with I think the, the challenge is going to be for the Chiefs to avoid that funk because the Ravens don't. The Ravens aren't going to have a lapse. No, they're going to score, right. and they're going to score, and they're going to score, and if you're not matching them, it's going to be a margin come the fourth quarter that even Patrick Mahomes can't erase. It could be. It definitely could be. And this would be the, our first real test to look at that Ravens pass rush, too. I'm, a, I'm excited to see what they got there because that was one of the things that they weren't great at last year, just a normal four-man pass rush. They have had to blitz and do creative things, and then, you know, fortunately they have great corners in the back end that can do that. You know, are the Ravens – What I'm, a, I'm interested to see the approach. Are you going to blitz and try to pressure Mahomes and then roll the dice on one-on-ones on the outside with those receivers against your great corners? I don't know. Or do you just go, okay, we're going to kind of do what the Chargers did and try to play soft and do that way and, like, bend, don't break, and not let up the big play? That's not really in the Ravens' DNA. That's not how they play defense. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. What did, what was your final answer? Do you think this is the highest scoring game of the week or lower scoring than expected? I don't. I don't think it's the highest scoring game of the week. I yeah. think Seattle and Dallas will be. And uh, the, the Detroit-Arizona game has an over-under of like 55, yeah. which uh, yeah, kind of surprised me. Remember last year they got together week one and there was that 17-point margin. Oh, what a shock. The Lions blowing a big Shocker. lead. The Lions are becoming the, the poor man's Falcons because at least the Falcons win some games and have some accomplishments. The Lions don't but both are becoming well-known for blowing leads, and uh, I don't think they're going to get a chance to blow the lead this time against the new and improved Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and company. So I don't think it'll be the highest-scoring game of the week, but, you know, th there's, hey, uh, Sunday night game, Monday night game, a couple of good primetime games, and then the late afternoon game, Seahawks-Cowboys. Some good games in week three. Yeah, there some is. Some very good games in week three, and I'm excited tonight to see what happens when the Dolphins and the Jaguars get together because I've watched both Jaguars game. You know, we want to go into a season 
with predetermination as to whether a team's good or bad or whatever, and we resist changing our minds. If you watch the Jaguars, you may change your minds. And I think tonight, Chris, people are going to get their minds changed about the Jaguars when they see what they can do. I think so, too. They're more exciting than I would have imagined. There are big plays on offense. You know, receivers that are not household names, like DJ Shark, who's really talented, like one of the better receivers in football. You know, the running back we talked out of Illinois State, Robinson. I mean, he's explosive. Look what he did to the Titans last week. So, I did, and, and then Miami and Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're not gun-shy either. I mean, they, so th this could be a fun game to watch. In fact, that's what I expect because neither defense has been all that spectacular to where I think we'll see big plays, maybe offensively and defensively, but I think it'll be a fun game. We'll get you ready for that game, PFT props style, when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Right after this. Right after this. The mustache versus the beard. Uh, I mean, I think the beard is a cooler look. And I think guys that grow mustaches a lot of times have patchy sides for their beards. So they just stick with the mustache. But um, my wife appreciates the mustache trimmed up a little bit more. But she does hate the beard, too. So I guess that's a lose-lose for me. Yeah, I think I've shown I've, I can grow a beard with no patchy sides. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to have respect for my elders. Um, you know, especially when they're much, much elder. Oh, be respectful. Thank you. Wow. Bam. Talking trash Bam. about facial hair. And I'm going to respect my elders. My much especially elders. Especially when they're much, much elders. Bam. Watch yourself there, Gardner Minshew. If you're fortunate, you're going to get to play football as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick has and live as long as he has. So... Always be careful about that I, little diss of your elders. You're going to be one one of these days. Well, yeah, you're right. If you're lucky. Well, you know, it, it he literally it looked like Gardner literally got like annoyed right there, which, you know, again, th this is where like being in front of the media and everything can be scary because maybe someone reads that comment to you, right? And you don't get to see how Ryan Fitzpatrick was saying it. You know, sometimes you read it or hear it. It's plays it plays much different than when you actually see the person like say it right. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was totally joking and having fun there. I mean, totally, not like it wasn't a real shot at, at Gardner. But I think Gardner Minshew thought it was a real shot, didn't you? I am now looking forward to a pregame fight that traces <laughs> to a perceived diss of Gardner Minshew's ability to grow out the sides of his beard. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm anxious to see whether or not he'll actually prove to us that he can. There's an easy way to prove it, Gardner. Prove to us that it's not all ratty and patchy on the side. I don't have any show doubt. Us, show, us, show us you've got the – hey, I'm 55 and I can't grow out the side. I My don't know. My kid's had a beard since he was 14 years old and it's better than anything I could ever grow. But I want to see what he can grow out here. Uh, let's see what you got, Gardner. What would you Mitch? rather right. wear? What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Fitz beard? Neither. Or the, well, I didn't ask you that. Don't cop out I'd, of the I'd, damn. I'd, rather, I'd rather wear a face mask. <laughs> you have to choose. Which would you prefer? Which one doesn't belong? Okay, no, well, pick one. Which I, one? Yeah, I'd go with the Minshew before I'd go with the Fitzpatrick. You I, would? Because I don't think I can grow a beard. Well, I'm, I don't think I can grow a beard. Let's say you can do both. You would still do the Minshew? Let's just say you can do both. Yeah, I'd go with the Minshew. You would? I'd do with the, I'd, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even though I'm fortunate that most of my hair isn't gray, and definitely under these lights, it doesn't show up as gray. On the lights on the other side for the Sunday night, it does. My, I, I can tell you that it's Santa Claus time south of the years. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to walk around with that Tim Allen in the, in the movie where he becomes Santa Claus overnight look right. where he wakes up and he's got this full white beard. I don't need that. I don't need that as a reminder every morning. I would love to not have to shave, but I, I don't want that big old white beard in my face. That's for damn sure. So give me the Minshew look. I'll take the, I'll take the longer graying hair and the mostly black mustache. Yeah, I can't do that. I got to go with the beard. I got to do that. I mean, I couldn't do either one, so that's not even an option in my life. But I'm going with the beard. I mean, me with, like, 
that type of uh, mustache and soul patch. I mean, first off, I the, the image that comes to my head is Hulk Hogan. All right, and that's not what I want to go for in life. All right, that's that's not Why? what I want to. Why? Because I don't want to look wanna like be, that. You weren't you weren't a Hulkamaniac back no. in the '80s when you were growing up. Uh, eating your vitamins, saying your prayers. I mean, I liked Hul- I liked Hulkamania, but it's not, it doesn't mean I want to look in the mirror and look like that. Okay, I just <laughs> <laughs> that's I can't do it, Captain. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first time I really became aware of Hulk Hogan was in the Rocky Three movie. Do you remember the name of the character he played oh. in Rocky Three? Because I do. I know I, I, I'm not going to be able to call it. What is it? Go ahead. Thunderlips. 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 Pete, the crusher. Where the hell did you pull that one from? Pete suggest. Club, yeah, Clubber Lang was the fighter, but Thunderlips is here in the flesh, baby. He throws the Italian meatball out into the – that's what he called him, and I'm Italian. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what he's – all these insults for Rocky. And, and and then Rocky took the gloves off and beat him up. So, yeah. Uh, Don't mess with Rocky. That was Rocky Three, A classic. Yes, a classic from 1982. Was. All right, time for some PFT props. Uh, Miami and Jacksonville, obviously the game we're talking about. Who's got more passing yards tonight, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or Gardner Minshew. I'm going to go Gardner Minshew, um, and and this is this is a total toss up because you, the 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 Jaguars their defense ain't worth a damn either right now. I mean Tannehill, Philip River. I mean the, we talked about it. The Colts and Philip Rivers never punted. Tannehill and company moved the ball pretty consistently up and down the field on them. But I'm going to go with Minshew for this reason. First off, Devontae Parker. We know he, he's questionable for tonight, I believe, or at least was had that status de- questionable, banged up, whatever. Um, and the other thing is Byron Jones being banged up and not being able to play at corner. Miami likes to play man-to-man. And Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark and Keel and Cole and uh, the other guy, Chris Conley, Tyler Eifert, Robinson, good out of the backfield. I just think they got too many weapons to play that style of defense against to where I think uh, the Minshew, Minshew mania is going to have a good night. Devontae Parker's off the injury report. Does that change your assessment? Oh, uh, it does a little, but no, I would still go with Minshew, and that's good to hear because that means it's going to be more fun to watch tonight. I'm glad he's healthy. They do, they do have a very diverse offense in Jacksonville, and again, we just haven't paid attention. They're the team that we wrote off before the start of the season, so we, we just like, yeah, we yeah. – don't yeah. bother us with the Jaguars. Right. Oh, they beat the Colts. Yeah, yeah, that's a fluke. And then they went toe-to-toe with the Titans. Yeah, yeah, get back to us when they actually beat the Titans. Well, they're going to get a chance to beat the Dolphins tonight, and I think Minshew will have more passing yards. James Robinson, the undrafted rookie running back from Illinois State, over under 67 and a half yards tonight, Chris. What do you got? I'm going to go over there, too. I am. I, just for, from what I've seen from the guy, I mean, he's got a rocket up his butt. That's the first thing we got to talk about. He is one of those guys, if you give him a, a little seam or a crack, he'll he'll get 67 yards on one run. And Miami better up front, but still not perfect. We know that. I mean, we saw the Patriots run all over them. Uh, to where I don't think it's a dominant front seven. And, yeah, as explosive as he is, and the, and the Jags are somewhat patient with the run game in general, yeah, I think he gets over 67 and a half. Yeah, I watched that game, and he does have uh, an NFL burst. caliber burst. Right. And, and it's not – and, look, he's compact. It looks like he's got the power to bang it between the tackles, but he finds that that 18 inches of daylight that Gale Sayers wanted. Right. And uh, and he makes the most of it. He gets through the line untouched, and then he just explodes. And how in the hell did this guy go undrafted? Well, I know how he went undrafted. Running backs every year go undrafted. It's amazing. Who are quality running backs who could come in and be great players. And that's all the more reason why, if you're thinking about putting the name of that that high-profile stud college running back on a draft card in the top ten – you better think long and hard about doing that there's because no there's a chance you can find a guy much later or not at all in the draft. You can go sign a guy undrafted who comes in. Now, I don't think the Jaguars expected this out of the kid. Fourth on the depth chart coming into camp, right. he just blew them away. Yeah. And that's that's the part of the inaccuracy of scouting. You never know what a guy's going to do until he shows up and tries to do it at the NFL level. No Some doubt. guys, it clicks. Other guys... They go into a fetal position. Yeah. And they they just and and you just don't know. You can put all the time and money and effort into trying to figure out who's gonna step up and who's gonna step off, and you don't know until they show up. No, you're And even with James right. Robinson, we didn't know until they started playing the games. No, you And he's been great. Yeah, yeah, you're but you're right. And, and that 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 holds true even more with small school guys. Because that's a lot of the times why they end up not being drafted or falling down the board, because you start to sit there as an evaluator and you go, 
wait, but who who are these guys he's playing against? Is he really that fast? And you 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 you're just not sure. So you go, oh, I like this guy, but uh, I, I'm you know okay. There's a few games of not great production and. And then you're not sure about the competition that goes with it. And then it becomes a question mark to where, yeah, you got to see him like you're saying, like with some other NFL players chasing him and running. And then you go, oh, whoa, no, no, he's fast. Illinois State, Texas, Ohio State, it doesn't matter. He's fast. And uh, that's what we're seeing right now. That's that's He's been really fun to watch. We mentioned the Dolphins receiver Devontae Parker is off the injury report. DJ Chark is on it. He's questionable. Didn't practice Wednesday. Maybe just getting him. Uh, you know, ready for the game on Thursday night. Who has more receiving yards between the two? Right, and and DJ Chark, and if Pete, you're listening, Pete Demolitolitis, is it was it a, like a chest issue or something like that with DJ Chark? Chark, huh. so keep Doctor Needle away. Keep Doctor Needle away. Exactly right. I mean, if DJ Chark is playing, I'm going with him because of the reasons I talked about with Minshew a little bit. The Dolphins will play man to man. And he's going to get shots to be on an island with some guy. And Shark, he's a 4-3 guy who's like 6-2 or 6-1 around that range. And, I mean, he can go. And he can go up and get the ball, too. Parker, I love his game. But it hasn't been any dominance through two weeks yet to where he's been the go-to guy. And the other thing is we see, like, Gasecki last week became a big part of the offense. And, Maybe he takes away some of Devontae Parker's catches and yards, too. Here's what's weird about the DJ Chark injury. He was limited in practice Monday and Tuesday with a chest injury. Right. Yesterday, he didn't practice because of chest and back injuries, which reminds me of the old Chester went back to the Army. Are you familiar with Chester went back to the Army? Absolutely not. What is you that? don't know what Chester went back to the army is? I feel like I've Are you heard kidding it. Me? I feel like I've heard it, but I don't I have no inkling. Nothing's popping in my brain. What? You well, I, and Pete's I, this, never heard no, of it maybe, either. So maybe, maybe everybody maybe is, under forty five never heard of it. <laughs> should I? Should I? Should I? Should I put the question out on Twitter to see who knows what Chester went back to the army is? Or should I just do the reveal? No, no. You want me to do the reveal? No. Or you want me to do it later? No. Let's do the reveal. Put it out right now. Right. Let's do the reveal at the very end of the show. I, I, I but people are going to know. There, Fine. There's then no say way it. that Hurry people up. won't know what Chester went back to the army is. You walk up to somebody and you slam them in the chest and you say Chester, then you hit him in the back and you say went back and then you say to the army and you punch him in the arm. Wow. Chester went back to the army. I did not do that. I've probably had it done to me more times than I've actually done it. Yeah, well, you now that I can't wait to see you again. I got a new move to try out on oh, you. Oh, yeah, great, great. <laughs> Chester went back to the army. Try it out on somebody else first. Uh, is Pete in the building today? He is. He is. It's social right, distancing. Try it out no, on I'm Pete. not allowed to hit him, so oh, I got to stay yeah, away. Yes. Yeah. Right. It has to be virtual Chester went back to the <laughs> army. All right, next topic on the PFT. I never, of all the things that we could have potentially been discussing today. Chester went back to the Army, probably very low on the list, <laughs> along with Thunderlips. All right, next up, Mike Gusecki, over or under 48.5 receiving yards? Oh, I, I mean, I want to say over with the fact that just the way it looked last week, uh, Devontae Parker, you know, like we were talking about, you know, he's healthy but been banged up too. I, I don't know. And when you have a week like you had last week with Gasecki, I just would think that would embolden the the Bills staff. I mean, the Dolphins staff to just start going, you know, come on, let's put more plays in for this guy. He's got something. So I'll go over for that one. Yeah, I agree with you as well. And, and just because, yeah, I, yeah. Who else is there to go to? Know. And Jonu Smith had a really big week last week too. That was my other reasons in Tennessee. Incredible. Incredible, he right? He was incredible. Right. Incredible against the Jaguars defense. All right, total touchdown scored over or under five and a half? I'm going over, baby. I'm going over. I, I, I don't know. You know, Thursday night's always weird. So I don't know what ever to expect. And, you know, of course, I kind of think this could be a shootout, but it'll probably be 13-10. Who knows? Uh, Thursday's weird like that. But I, I really think the way I've seen from these two teams and the way Jacksonville plays and the defense is not being either great, I, I think it's over. Uh, I, I am rooting for over. I want an exciting game. I want a riveting game. We had 65 total points last week between the Bengals and the Browns. So, yeah, I don't want to grind it out 10 to 3 game. And, you know, the NFL touting the fact that there's been more touchdowns and points scored the first two weeks of this season than any season in NFL history. That's good for business. Scoring is. is good for business. It gets people excited. It makes the games exciting. It holds the audiences and it gets the fantasy. Football is this crowd. the week, though? Uh, is this excited. the week? 
because defenses have been very underwhelming when I watch on film, Mike. Very vanilla. There's been very few games I've come away and went, ooh, that was cool. They did this. And that's, you know, is this the week now? Three weeks in, guys in shape. Hey, we got the basics down. Do we start to see defenses kind of take back some power? I would think it's coming here soon to where this slows down and the defenses catch up. It's week three, week four. It's going to happen. I hope not. I like the high scoring. I like the offense. It makes the game more exciting. I remember suffering through some boring games in the 70s and loving it before they opened up the passing game. So uh, more scoring, more yards, more everything. That's what makes the NFL as great as it currently is. We're going to take a break. We will be making our official picks for tonight on the joint PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. We're going to tape later today. When we return, our weekly Thursday draft of the most important matchups for week three of the 2020 NFL season. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I feel good. Um, borderline great. <laughs> um, and, and I'd say, you know, again, you know, my job is to um, move the football, get first downs, possess the ball, score points, right? And so however we can do that, we're going to do it. Um, uh, you know, one of the statistics that was thrown out after the game was, you know, the yards per attempt or something like that. I mean. There, there, is, there are many statistics I do not pay one bit of attention to, and that would be one of them. Um, at the end of the day, I am focused on uh, putting us in a position to succeed, you know, making great decisions, both in the run game and the pass game. You know, whatever uh, is predicated on, you know, my decision, my ability to get us into the best play, um, and uh, our ability to, you know, take care of the football and go and score points, put us in the best position to win, play complimentary ball with our defense and, and special teams as well. Um, so those are the things I'm focused on, and I don't care how we do it. I honestly don't. Um, I just want to win football games. Drew Brees, uh, plenty of criticism, plenty of discussion, plenty of questions. And, you know, when he addressed how he's feeling and he talked about the other night, he mentioned the fact that one of the stats people are talking about is average yards per attempt, which reconfirms that even though they claim they don't pay attention, they do pay attention. Of course they do. They pay attention to the criticism. They have rabbit ears and they know what people are saying and it will motivate them and or frustrate them and or, you know, sometimes not make a damn bit of difference because Father Time continues to be undefeated. All right, this weekend, it's Drew Brees taking on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. The draft in this segment, most important matchups for week three. Chris, you've got the trivia question. Fire away. All right, here we go. On Sunday, the Watt brothers, JJ, TJ, and Derek, will become the second trio of brothers to play in the same game. The Edmonds brothers did that last year, if you remember. Okay, JJ and TJ both had exactly 11 and a half sacks at Wisconsin. Who had more sacks their rookie year in the NFL, TJ or JJ? Okay. This is a setup because you're going to expect me to say J.J. since he was drafted at a higher level. He came in with a greater pedigree. He's got three Defensive Player of the Year awards. My guess is it's going to be T.J. Is it T.J.? I believe it is, yes. T.J. had seven. J.J. had five and 5.5. And don't attack me like I came up with these questions, like I'm trying to Jedi mind trick you. I don't – I got no control of this. 
I, I'm, I'm not I'm not making any yeah. accusations. I'm just trying to I'm trying to you know the very simple binary choice. It's kind of nice to have a, yeah. a flip of the coin multiple choice with only two choices. That's better than having a blank slate where you have to come up with a name that you may not have remembered or even ever heard of. Right. All right, let's get started with this one. The, mm, mm. Plenty of great matchups this weekend. And uh, what are you I'm looking at your phone? On, Did you write them in your phone? I, yeah, I have doing? notes. I okay. have notes. Okay. That's where I, I I emailed them to myself. What, what do you think? I don't have any preparation here. <laughs> I am going with Aaron Donald against Josh Allen. Because for as spectacular as Josh Allen has been this year, he has not had to face anyone remotely close to Aaron Donald in overall capability. What happens to Josh Allen when Aaron Donald blows a hole through the hull that is the Buffalo offensive line and just Fs up the play? Can Josh Allen pivot to something else? Will he take the bait and run right at Aaron Donald to try to prove dominance like he seems to do over any defensive player that gets in his path? So that's going to be a fascinating matchup. A couple of 2-0 and teams, one of the emerging quarterbacks against one of the best defensive linemen of all time. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that'll be a good one, certainly. And, and again, you know, with Josh Allen, he's not perfect yet. We've seen growth in all areas, but – we still see, even last week, one or two plays where I just go, man, don't do that. Stop it. I don't know. Last week, he had an unreal play of running over a linebacker and then running over a defensive lineman and then still going. Like, literally ran them over like he was Jim Brown. And then he fumbled the football, and they were lucky to, to recover it. But it's just things like that where you go, it, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. And I hope he uh, is careful there. All right. I think I'm going to the Monday night game. I think the matchup I'm looking at really is Tyreek versus one of those corners. Who that going to be? You know, I don't know if it'll be Humphrey or Marcus Peters, but one or one or the other is going to be matched up on him, and I would bet it's more Humphrey. I think Humphrey is a little bit better of a true shutdown man-to-man type corner. Marcus Peters, awesome, but also awesome at zone and things like that, and I, I just think that is going to be one of the keys to the football game. Because Baltimore, it's not in their DNA to sit back and play soft zone defenses. They're going to take their chances and try to force the hand of the game a little bit and force the game the way they want it to. And on those plays, whoever wins that matchup, I think, can go a long way to dictating who wins the football game. Baltimore blitzes three or four times in the first half. And on those three or four times, Tyree Kill gets three or four catches for you know 80 or 90 yards. And Baltimore is in trouble. They're not going to win the football game. But if Humphrey can get like just make it one catch or something like that, then you start to go, uh-oh, watch out. He's got a feel for the routes Tyreek wants to run, and they're on top of him. So that's a matchup I look at the, to be very influential in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And how you handle Tyreek Hill goes a long way toward whether and to what extent you can handle the Kansas City offense. I am going to a game that I think is going to be critical in showing which of the two teams is going to be able to contend this year, which one's ready to step up onto the national stage. And I'm going the Washington football team pass rush against Baker Mayfield Mm. because Mayfield last week when he didn't face much pressure up front, spectacular week one, when the Ravens were coming after him, the exact opposite of spectacular. And, 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 and this is a parallel for me because last week, I think one of my picks was the Washington football team front seven against Kyler Murray and uh, didn't work out so well because he's Kyler Murray. What can Baker Mayfield do against that kind of heat? Can he get rid of the ball quickly? Can he make decisions quickly? Can he process information quickly when he's got Chase Young and company coming after him? That's going to go a long way toward determining whether or not the Browns can can parlay Thursday night's win into a victory on Sunday. Yeah, and hopefully they don't put him in those situations over you know too much because as you talked about all before last week's game – and even the week before that, I mean, the best weapon they got is Nick Chubb in that run game. So run the damn ball. Washington hasn't had to play an offense in the first two games that can run the ball like Cleveland can. And that'll be interesting. And, you know, I, I think that could slow down that front four too. But you're right. That Washington front four, you know, they can cause two or three mistakes from a quarterback who can, you know, it can end up costing you the football game. Um, I'm going to go to Dallas and Seattle because I can't wait to see Zeke versus Jamal. That's where I'm pumped to see. They're going to have some showdowns. You know, they will. There's no doubt. Jamal Adams, I think, is blitzing more than any person I see in football right now. I mean, they're bringing him. So a lot of the times, the running back and pass protection is assigned to 
that DB or somebody that might blitz like that. And those are two guys that don't know what it means to step out of the way or don't take it. I mean, they, they bring it, both of them. So I'm excited to see that. And then, of course, we're going to see some showdowns in the run game too. I mean, Zeke Elliott backs down from nobody. He's going to bring it. First time I ever met, knew about him was him in that preseason game where Tony Romo hurt his back. He was running over Cam Chancellor, and I was like, wait, nobody does that to Cam Chancellor. So I'm very excited to see those two stubborn, tough uh, football players go at it. Could go a long way toward determining who wins the game, too, because if you shut down Ezekiel Elliott, you make the Cowboys one-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, maybe that plays – well, still, that Seahawks defense isn't what it was. I know. Was. Yeah, it's not the uh, same. We'll see. But at least Jamal Adams will be playing the pass as well. Right. All right, this one for me and, – and can we stipulate that Tom Brady, now playing for the Buccaneers – it's likely he's not going to play for any other team ever. This is it for him, right? I it's would, the Buccaneers until he's done. I is would hope so, yes, yes. Okay. If that's the case, then this will be Tom Brady's last trip ever to Denver. Tom Brady versus Denver is the matchup I'm interested in because in 17 prior visits to Denver, he is 8-9. and nine. This is his chance to finish his career at a mere 500 huh. in Denver. The greatest quarterback of all time is below 500 when playing in Denver. The good news, no Von Miller, no Drew Locke, no Cortland Sutton, and I'd like to think Tom Brady versus Jeff Driscoll advantage Tom Brady, but whatever it is, it's got to be something, right? It's got to be, Chris. Yeah. I. Uh, this is his chance to get to 500, and even then it's going to be weird to think 9-9 nine and nine in 18 career games against Denver in Denver. Yeah, no, you're right. But, you know, through his 20-year career, Denver had a few stints of being a really damn good football team and a team that, you know, had a defense there for a period of time that was like, okay, we're not scared of you, Tom Brady. And then, of course, the Peyton Manning thing and all that and their ability. So, all right, last pick for me. I want to do McVay, the mix versus the mix, McVay versus McDermott, but you already visited that game, and I'm very interested about it. I won't do that. I'll tell you another one I'm really interested in. The Pats front seven versus the Raiders O-line. The Raiders O-line is an immovable force. The way they moved the Saints last week, Josh Jacobs, if I have a concern about the Patriots team, the only one is right now their front seven. They lack big people. There's no Dante Hightower. They lack speed at linebacker, things like that. I, I could see a way where the Raiders just control the game with their run game and make this game very, very close. So uh, I'm, I'm, I want to see how that shakes out. I'm picking the Patriots, but I think that could be an interesting part to watch for. Control the clock, slow it down, keep Cam Newton on the sidelines. Maybe that's the way to beat the Patriots yeah, in New right. England. It's still going to be a tough thing to do. We're going to do our picks later this morning. You'll see them all on PFTPM and the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. All of week three, picks against the spread, best bets. That's coming later today. We're See you Friday with another edition of PFT Live. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.